how do you define love? For me, I think I'm starting to believe that love is defined by presence. No, I'm not talking about the presence that we open on Christmas. I mean presence as in the being with and seen and known by our people and by God. I think that's why my favorite name for Jesus that we hear often during Advent, but not very much at other times of the year, is Emmanuel, God with us. Christ coming to earth to dwell among us is the perfect embodiment of what love actually is. Today we're closing out our Advent series and we're ending 2023 with an episode all about love. This is episode 51. Hi friend, you're listening to Find Hope Here. I'm your host, Teresa Whiting, author, speaker, ministry leader, friend, and fellow struggler. This is a podcast about the messy, complicated, painful parts of life, but also the beautiful, joy-filled hope that Jesus promises. Each week, we dig deep into God's Word together and talk about how His truth impacts our everyday lives. I'm not going to ask you to sit with me and have coffee because I seem to have my best conversations while I'm just doing life. So I'd love to hang out with you as you walk or fold laundry or drive to work. You're invited to join me in pursuing the hope God promises. No matter where you are or where you've been, I pray you always find hope here. Let's jump in to today's episode. Over the past few weeks, we've been following the themes of Advent. We've talked about hope, peace, joy, and today we're talking about love. I've been sharing some Advent resources with you, and last week I had an amazing conversation with Nicole Zazowski. Today, I'm sharing a resource created by my friend Lisa Apollo. You may remember she was on the podcast just oh, a couple months ago, and we, she was talking about her book, Life Can Be Good Again. Back in 2015, Lisa found herself, like most of us during the Christmas season, just kind of running around doing this and that. And she really wanted to bring Christ into the season and and talk to her kids about this is who we're celebrating this is why we're celebrating so she created this small advent devotional to use with her children to help remind them of who and what we're celebrating during this christmas season each day includes a scripture reading a short devotional an activity that kind of centers around a nativity scene a prayer and a suggested song to sing or listen to i really like this devotional because it is simple You don't need any fancy supplies, just a nativity scene. And it's also really practical. It's only a 15-day resource, which is perfect for busy families who would like to take these 15 days at an easy pace and feeling like, okay, I don't have to do this every single day during the month of December. If you have little ones in your home or you'd like to make the putting together of your nativity scene more meaningful, I highly suggest this resource. You could use it with your family next year, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I'm going to be reading from day eight. It's the day you would add baby Jesus to the manger. Luke 2, 6-7 So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. 
And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Oh, happy day. It had been months since the angel first announced that Mary would be pregnant and would give birth to a son. Mary had been so excited, so humbled, so overwhelmed at God's goodness to think that she would be the mother of the long-awaited Messiah. God had done just as he had promised, and Mary had delivered a healthy baby boy. Before the world was ever created, God had ordained this exact moment in this exact town with these exact parents for the birth of Jesus. For thousands of years, the prophets and followers of God had longed to see this day. Think about how stunning it must have been to swaddle the Son of God as a newborn, the holy, majestic, all-powerful, all-knowing God of the universe, took on dimpled skin and downy hair. God the Son pierced time and space. The same God who spoke all creation into being. The same God who flooded the earth while safeguarding Noah and his family. The same God who shook Mount Sinai with thunder and lightning as he gave the Ten Commandments took on the vulnerable flesh of an infant. How tiny he was. How soft his cries and how delicate his fist that curled around Joseph's calloused finger. Mary wrapped him tenderly in the swaddling clothes that they had brought with them and laid him gently on the soft hay of the manger. As they watched their baby boy sleep, Joseph and Mary must have thought back to all that the angel had told them. This was the Son of the Most High. He would be great. He would save his people from their sins. His kingdom would never end. Oh, it was so much to take in. Tonight, they would simply thank God for their healthy new baby and for the miracle of the Messiah in their midst. And then Lisa suggests the nativity activity of placing baby Jesus in the manger of your nativity scene and this prayer. Tonight, God, we praise you. We praise you for your majesty and glory, for being creator and sustainer. We praise you for your goodness Love, mercy, kindness, compassion, patience, justice. We praise you for being the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We magnify you. Your glory fills the whole earth. May our home and our hearts be filled to the full with you this Christmas and long after. Amen. And she suggests the Christmas carol, O Holy Night. I realize that this episode is airing the day after Christmas, but what Lisa talks about in this small devotional and what I want to talk about today is what lingers long after Christmas. And it was the paragraph in the middle about how stunning it was that the Son of God took on flesh. That's what I want to talk about today. When we think about that the God of all creation came in the form of a baby. That's miraculous. But even more so is the reason behind why he came. It was to reestablish the withness that was lost with the fall. When humanity turned from God and rejected him 
and we were banished from his holy presence, he immediately put a plan into motion to bring us back into his presence. The Bible is a love story of a God who created us, who loves us, and more than anything, longs to be with us. John 3.16 is the most popular verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That love of God propelled him to give his Son, not just so that we could have eternal life kind of floating around out there somewhere, but that we could once again be reconciled to God. He sent Jesus to reestablish the relationship. And yet, God doesn't force it. He invites us. Over and over in scripture, God says, come to me. I know this tension in small part as a mother of adult children. I love my kids so much, it hurts. I want to be with them when the holidays come around or I go visit them or anytime, actually. What I love most is just being in their presence. But I don't want to force myself upon them. I invite, and I wait to be invited into relationship. When I think about the story of the Israelites in Exodus, I think Moses understood this idea that to be loved by God is to be in his presence. In Exodus 33, God basically tells Moses, you know what? I am so done with you people. You're stubborn. You're stiff next. Go, go, go to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I'm not going with you. I'll send an angel before you. You'll defeat your enemies. You can have the land. You can have the milk and honey, but I'm not going with you. And I love Moses' response. In verse 15, he says, If your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from here. In essence, Moses is saying, I'd rather stay here in the desert, in the wilderness with you than go into the promised land without you. And of course, Moses pleads with God on behalf of the people. And God says, okay, I will go with you. I will go among you. We might look at that scene and think, well, the Israelites had it made. The angel was going to defeat their enemies. They were going to get to have their milk and honey. They were going to get to be in the land that God had promised to them. But they knew that without God's presence, it was meaningless. It was worthless. The love of God is expressed in his presence with us. God with us. Emmanuel, Jesus taking on the form of a human baby so that he could dwell among us. And now we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. And if you look back to the Old Testament over and over, God says, I will dwell among you. And we've talked often about the end of the story in Revelation, where it's like, at last, finally, God will dwell with us and we will be with him. He will be our God and we will be his people. The culmination of God's love is God with us for all of eternity. I'm going to close this episode and this Advent series by reading some passages of scripture, and I want you to hear them as God's invitation to you. Isaiah 55, 1-3 Come, 
everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me, here that your soul may live. John 6, 35 and verses 37 to 38. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. John 7:37. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Psalm 16:2. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Psalm 1611, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Thanks for hanging out with me today on Find Hope Here. To find anything I mentioned on the episode, go to teresawhiting.com slash listen. That's where you can find all the show notes. And there's a few other things I wanted to tell you about. First of all, I want to thank you for being with me through 2023. And I want to invite you to join me in 2024 when we start talking about living intentionally. This is not going to be a series that launches us into 2024 as goal setters and dream crushers. I don't know about you, but sometimes that seems really intimidating to me. And honestly, I need a minute to just pause to recover from all the activity of this past season. So we're going to ease gently into 2024. I'm gonna invite you to think about the things that are important, to look back at where we've been, to look around at where we are currently, and to look ahead and consider who do we want to become in 2024? What are the intentions we wanna set for our lives? It is going to be a gentle invitation into intentional living. I hope you'll join me. And finally, I'd like to leave you with this prayer from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.